0: This is episode number 304, Making the Invisible Visible with William Plunge. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our weekly conversation called Survive to Thrive, Live the Story You Create. What this is, is a series of conversations where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of grief, resilience, gratitude, appreciation, and many other topics. If you feel that this is of interest to you, please consider visiting our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details regarding our upcoming conversation, as well as ways that you can join it. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider Supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. So, seven days, what, five days later? we We're actually able to make this happen. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's funny how it works because I was just thinking about just this whole journey like being here the week and then you know helping with the name and better understanding the brand and I think one thing that really stood out to me is this concept of you were talking about this invisible and when you when you were sitting there this morning yes yeah, this, this, this afternoon yeah, yeah you're talking to Adrian and, and thinking it and I was just thinking about the journey as I was putting together the write-up as well and I couldn't think of, like, how crazy that experience that must have been. To actually live in a forest. Yeah. A, live in a forest, right? Yeah. No water, no electricity. And I was literally sitting here and putting together these things. And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. in trying to understand where, <laughs> what does that even mean. So I figured maybe the best way, like, I know your story. Other people know, may know your story, but there's so many others that don't. Yeah. If you can just give a snapshot, A, why did you even choose that? Why did you choose to go in the forest? I know in the, brief, in the description we said it, things like clarity and things like that that might help you. But for anyone that's not going to be aware of it, A, what was the choice? And then from there maybe take us through the five-star hotel. And <laughs> 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 you don't want to go there. The okay. All
1: right. So um, after school, uh-huh. um, you know, job opportunities here in Ghana. It's quite difficult. You know, so you need to know somebody like a politician, somebody of a high rank in the government to get a very good job in Ghana. Uh, so after school, my friends were having good jobs. Yeah. And then I was kind of left behind. It was full of frustration. I was depressed. Because you work in town, you meet your friend, your classmate, you're even better than him in class. And he's having a good life with a car and then you're walking and then it's it's kind of frustrating so I had to leave town and go live in the forest for like six months and then in the forest um there was no electricity yeah no good drinking water the water I remember that we drank was from a stream it looks green in color
0: natural stream
1: natural stream yes and it looks green in color and then (laughs) (laughs) you see animals insects in the in the water some drink from it but one thing um you know you have no option yeah i can't say i'm coming back to the city to come and drink water when i'm testing. <laughs> so and i feel it was it was the best school to ever gone to go to you know, finding myself in that uncomfortable situation i had no option to take drink the water yeah but one thing i never got sick you know And then in the forest, when we wake up in the morning, we go to the farm or we go for hunting. Um, Because if you don't go, you don't get any food to eat, you know. And so we wake up, we go to the forest, the farm, um, farm, and then get something to eat. Mm -hmm. It was just like that for six months, just like that. But then in the forest, I learned so many things. We were a group of guys there and I... I picked up some characters from each and every one. People who get angry at the slightest possible thing. People who are so calm. I had all the rays of people there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I also had my business idea to start the Errand Boy. The errand Boy was my first business I started like running around for busy scheduled people. Mm-hmm. People who had no time like the bankers. That's what I started doing. But I had the idea from the forest, you know. And then I learned so much about people. Now I can relate that to my business now yeah. with different customers, customers who are quick-tempered, customers that I know how to handle all of them because I lived in the forest. So I picked up so many characteristics, special stuff from the forest, even though it was so uncomfortable for me. And I have begin to learn that it is very good to find yourself in such states. You know, it makes you think very fast. It, make you, uh, it makes you think very smart. Because you, you are willing to leave, come out of it. Yeah. You know, so you do whatever possible. You push harder to just come out. Was,
0: so, was everyone at the forest for the same reason? Like, was everyone seeking the same clarity that you were? Or were there other people that were there, like either permanently or for complete other reasons?
1: Some Some are permanently stay, staying there. Really? Yeah, that's where they... That's where they grew up from. That's where they were born.
0: And how far is it from here? from um, Where we are right now? About eight
1: hours by bus. Oh, wow. Yeah, eight hours by bus. Okay. Yeah. Eight hours by bus. Yeah. So from the forest, after six months and I had the idea, I came back to the city. And fortunately or unfortunately, I had a job um, which paid me $64 a month. Yeah. And then all i did was to move up and down on the sun and look for clients for my boss Mm -hmm. they were um, she was selling wallpapers wallpapers for rooms interior decorations and I had to move to houses and introduce the wallpapers to them but one thing that helped me was um whilst i was doing this errands like for her for her Mm -hmm. i kept the contact of each of everyone i I met had their contact and i built some personal relationship with them now on my phone i have about 4000 contacts on my phone wow yes and it was through that so it got to a time i was i sat down and i just reflected my life in the forest and i was like so william you move in the sun for 64 dollars a month mm-hmm. you have these contacts now why don't you start something for yourself and then make that money for yourself you could even make more you can go up and about on the sun and then just make the huge sums of money for somebody yeah. and then you get 64 dollars at the end of the month so i thought it was, wise. It was a good move and I, I i just quit and i started calling those people i made contact with while I was running for <laughs> them yes and i told them hey i'm free now anything you want any errands you want me to run for you just call on me i'm gonna do that for you i actually did it for for free for a year Mm -hmm. it wasn't about the money but i felt like i had something within me that i wanted to do something for somebody to just get a thank you or i want people to say that oh okay so william helped me get this Mm -hmm. william was the reason why i had this i i feel good when i had those feelings so the other one i was just doing it just for not because of the money but then because i love doing it it was something from within and through that, I met some prominent people, judges, police officers, people who are prominent. And now, I have those links now that whoever I want to meet, I can yeah. just make a call because of the errands. Yes. And it's true. Yeah.
0: I've experienced this myself from you in this past week. Whenever we had to do anything, like find the bus, like you literally just call the guy. And exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it seemed like I know everybody. <laughs> Staying a day later to play basketball and then having to figure out the next day. Yeah. But I think that's something that you've actually taught me through this time is the importance of focusing on the relationship aspect of it. Because I I think far too often I've caught myself where I was so focused on the outcome. Like, what is this going to produce to me in this given time Mm -hmm. rather than what is it going to help me build it or achieve in the long term? And I think there's the big difference between short-term and long-term gratification. Like, I can receive all these benefits now. In your case, I mean, living off of $64 a month, let's face it. That's not the most, that's not the easiest thing one can do. And so I think it it could have been easy to fall into that temptation that, okay, I only have so much to live off. I need to find other ways to make money. So you could have fallen into that, I guess, trap and you could have just capitalized on it. But then at the same time, would you have built the same level of relationships? Probably not. Right? Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. that's the big difference. And I, I've even noticed this with how you interact with your friends and everyone here. I mean, I've said this many times, and I'll say it <laughs> again. Like, literally, everyone that I've met, I feel like I've become friends with. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the people I don't still don't know their name. I, I don't know anything about them besides the brief interactions. But it's just something fascinating about this culture. Yeah. Like how people approach life, even in the hardest of circumstances.
1: Yeah. It, it's, it's a part of us it's a part of us you know we're, we're raised to love strangers mm-hmm. you know, be good to strangers and it has been part of us whilst we are growing up that is what we are mentally inclined with be good to strangers because yeah. you might not know who is going to help you, you understand yeah yes so that is that is part of ghanians that's how we are yes
0: and you never know the time frame either you never know when that person's going to come into your life. Exactly.
1: Like
0: I, uh, I forgot his name. The guy we went with yesterday, what's his name um, to the basketball court?
1: Yes, um, Yao. Yao. Yao, Yeah, okay. he Yao.
0: When he, him and I were talking, one of the things he mentioned to me was that you never know when anyone's going to come into your life or when you're going to need them. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think the approach that I was raised with and that's don't talk to strangers, doesn't create those opportunities i had to do a lot of rewiring to come to all these parts of the world and say Mm -hmm. that i do have to talk to strangers Mm -hmm. because strangers at the end of the day are the ones who become friends family and all these other things and if i don't create opportunities for other people i'll never give them a chance i'll never give them a chance to no pun intended to make the things that are invisible within them visible you know and i think that's the beauty of it all is creating those spaces for the people and there's something about Ghana. I don't know if, if that's something that how you guys were raised or it's something that's instilled from ancestors or whatever, but it's such a different approach Yeah, yeah. to relationships than any other country I've been to. Wow. Literally any other country I've been to 14, yeah. 15 by now. And I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's necessarily better or worse. It's just different. It's a very unique approach that you guys have. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Where does it come from?
1: Well, I, I think it is inheritance ancestral because that is how it has been like. When you grow up, you just inherit. It. You don't know where it comes from. Yeah. It's just part of us. Probably. Yes. It's just part of us. Because we believe in, you might not know who going, who's going to help you. So mm-hmm. if I treat you bad or if I treat you wrong, probably you might be the one to either link me to somebody, to my successes. But you wouldn't do that if I treat, treat you wrong. Yeah, you know, if you had come to Ghana and then I was very harsh to you, I wasn't showing any sign of welcoming. You wouldn't even love to stay here. Yeah, and even stay back. you were supposed to go yesterday, yeah. but you stay back. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's it's all fun. It's, I just I just hope you go back and then change that perception. Yeah, that people there have for Africans. Yeah, know? yeah, it's
0: quite different. What do you want people to carry as a perception? About Africa, what is your ideal view? How do you want people who haven't been to Africa to view, to view
1: Africa? as a peaceful place, welcoming, loving people. But those stories, you know, I used to hear stories that they are monkeys. They live on trees. Yeah. No, it's quite different. It's hot weather. <laughs> yeah, the weather is very hot. Wild animals. <laughs> <boons, laughs> yeah, they <are> baboons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so back to my story right yeah. so then um I started the business got more links. now i know who to call when i need something yeah yeah i know who to call please can you give me this even if i don't know the direct person i know somebody who knows that person yes so as you said yesterday i knew i knew somebody who could just change your ticket without you yeah. losing money then so it's cool now things became tough again and I had to be sat from home. I told you the story. Uh, I don't know the reason that my grandma had asked me to leave the house.
0: How long were you staying there before
1: she asked you to leave? All my life. Oh, really? Yeah. No, we we used to live. you know, she has a a drinking bar Uh where I used to live. It's a wooden structure. It has one bed. I lived there with my mom and my sister growing up and she lived in the house we went to the other time so we live there we uh, i live there selling alcohol but i never tasted alcohol i don't yeah. i don't like that so i
0: same quality whiskey as the one that i had today. the one you had today <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i had to sell that for some time in my life to let's say um 16 years mm-hmm. yes so i moved into the house after 16 years yeah so i've been living there from 16 years till, till now Wow. 31 years now yeah so one day I, I came back from work and then i saw her stuff clothes in my room and she said i'm going to sleep here with you i'm going to rent my room so it's either you move out or you live here with me oh, wow. yeah but i can't live with my grandma so um uh, it was it was intense so i had to leave I had no money on me i had to get some place to lay my head and my business was picking up yeah yes it was picking up people got to know me people gave me referrals people call me most of them I haven't even seen me yeah. in person but they did trust me because of the people who recommended me to them so they don't know they don't want to know my office so i borrowed some money and then i got that five star that small ghetto, you know?
0: Five-star hotel, we call very it. Hot.
1: <laughs> very hot. I lived there for two years. A very hot room. Just small room and then...
0: Hotter than this?
1: Yes. <laughs> like three times. This. Three times.
0: <laughs> for anyone that's going to be listening to this, <laughs> we are in the middle of a hotbox. <laughs> they, they should be here.
1: <laughs> so it was very hot there. Um, there mm-hmm. were no day I, I wore a dress when, when I was inside. Mm-hmm. Unless there was a a zoom call with adrian and then the erudite that i I, I put on something but i'm always bare-chested. yeah so i had my one machine my laptop my broken laptop and then um yeah just few things so when i receive a call i work i just do the work and then deliver i always under promise and i over deliver because when people call me let's say they call me on Monday I need this thing on Friday okay then I get it to them on Wednesday mm. yeah so they are very happy and then they know that I'm genuine they don't care about my office because I can't take anybody there that would yeah. nobody would love to go there and then that would that,
0: be a hard sale to make exactly, after seeing that place. exactly
1: they wouldn't even believe me so I lived there for two years and then I did a bit. I was just genuine that is my one key I never lie to customers. If I can't do it, I don't take your money. But if I'm sure I would, I would be able to do it. I make you make payments So it was all about being genuine and building trust, telling them like do what I tell them I'm going to do, yeah, and then deliver two days before the time they are expecting me to deliver. So I saved up some money for two years, and then I. Uh, i met david safia who helped me Mm -hmm. uh, raise a campaign on indiegogo that is how come i came to know adrian liz and all of those kind people Mm -hmm. yeah so the campaign was to get me a laptop and then a five in one machine Mm -hmm. and then a printer but we only we were able to raise for just the mug machine Mm -hmm. which i have there in my room Uh, so after that Adrian also saw my story. I posted pictures of when I was living in the forest and I think she liked it and sent me a message and told me she wanted to feature me on the Adrian Network. Yeah. Yeah. So I I spoke with David and then we agreed on it and then the exposure, you know. I just showed them what I do, the invisible marks. Yeah. And then people loved it. And I made my first international sale from Lena. Yeah. Yeah. And few weeks time, I made a second from uh, Ivan Metzman. Uh
0: huh.
1: Then few weeks, I made from Les Capant. and I'm still discussing with Adrian. Yeah. We are we are almost closing the deal, mm-hmm. and that will be my fourth international deal. Wow. Sending marks to the states. So I think it's 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 been a wonderful journey, and even though it wasn't it wasn't easy, it was very tough. But then I believe that. Um I've got this far because I didn't give up. Yeah. And I knew there was something inside of me that needs to come out. Yeah. So it it's been it's been wonderful. And now see I have this place. I never dreamt of having a place like this. Yeah. Never. No. I never I never dreamt of having a place like this. So I saved within that two years and then I got this place. And then you I don't think you would have been able to live with me. Yeah. There. In the other one. In the
0: five star hotel. (laughs) it would have been been interesting (laughs) what what kept you going so the person that came earlier today Mm -hmm.
1: uh, yeah friend of yours you you
0: mentioned to me how she was one of the people that really kept you inspired how did you stay in contact with her though because i'm assuming you probably didn't have a phone or a way or a means to communicate with her
1: right yes so um her name is aisha Mm -hmm. i met aisha um, i had a part-time job coca-cola this was way after the forest right yes no, this okay. is just last year okay. the forest was in 2014 okay yeah so i went we met i work started working mm-hmm. and then some way somehow i, I had a conversation with her
0: mm-hmm.
1: i told her, look this is what i do and i've been trying it's, it's not been easy and he was like oh i'm I'm very good like what i'm doing is very exceptional but i tried linkedin I'm like, yes, I, I, I know LinkedIn, but then I don't see the use of that. So I'm always on Facebook and all that. I said, no, you need to be active on LinkedIn. Trust mm-hmm. me. So I got active. I just did some changes and I started posting my stuff. That is where David, I had contact with David. But yeah. then we, we, we lost contact for like a year. So when I got back on LinkedIn, I posted a, a photo shoot of me, Giovanni, mm. and five friends of mine and david saw it i was like oh so you've you've grown like the last time i spoke with you i can see a vast different now so hey look i'm gonna help you you're gonna raise a campaign and then raise some funds and then help you expand your business Mm -hmm. so i think aisha aisha has been so good aisha ibrahim um, she's been so helpful you know Mm -hmm. based on her advice to She's get back awesome. on LinkedIn
0: just a brief interaction yes so
1: when you saw wait, when, when you saw her you see how lively she is yeah yeah so she really helped me put up this and I I owe her a lot I owe her one million dollars yeah yeah I always told her that I owe her one million dollars so yeah she actually got me on my feet without that I wouldn't have met you yeah Adrian I'm not sure I would have, I would have met them, I know. Do you think she's the first person that believed in you?
0: Or did you have other people that believed in you prior to her? What makes like what makes her different compared to other people in your life?
1: Because yes, with her, she would never say no. Like it's it's William all day. You know? I had some people who believe in me but when uh, things are going wrong mm-hmm. or things are going a bit negative, they just draw back. But Aisha is whether doom, whether light out, whether no water, whether forest or nothing, I'm still with William. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference. He's he's my number one fan. Mm-hmm. Trust me, he's my number one fan. Of course, I've got people who believe, but then they are not too active like Aisha. Yeah. Yes.
0: Did your family play a big role in in this whole transition?
1: My family, uh, I say my sister. Uh huh. Yes. When, when, when I'm locked up somewhere, I have no money, yeah. you know, I call her, Charlie, I'm broke. Okay, take this. And she sought me out, you know. And Giovanni, too, has also played a very wonderful role in my life and my business. Yeah. yeah. People actually think he's, he's my son, but then he's just my nephew.
0: I thought so, too, at first, when I met well, him. But then I think you mentioned something about him being your nephew. Uh-huh. And the, and the other thing that I was uh, confused by is he calls you Papa. Papa, Papa, yeah. So in, in okay, most, Papa means Papa. In oh, most yeah, southern yeah, yeah. cultures, Papa means Papa Daddy. or Dad. Yeah, yeah.
1: But Papa That's, is my local name.
0: Oh, okay. It's one of my local names, yes. So I was really confused when he called you those. I was like, wait, I thought he
1: told me that this is his, his nephew, nephew oh, oh, actual no. son. Oh, just my nephew. And you know, he has made me get more sales. I go to meetings with him sometimes. Yeah. When people see him, they love him. Yeah. The way he's, he really talks, exactly. yeah, he's really friendly. Exactly. he's really friendly. Talks, he's he's very kind approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes people call me, hey, where's Giovanni? Uh, I'll be like, you need to buy a mark to see him. Okay, give me <laughs> give me five marks. Yeah. Make sure Giovanni delivers to me and then we make sales out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been wonderful.
0: Yeah. Now it's something that I've learned to appreciate about your family, is him, your sister, your mom as yeah. well, the, yeah. the things that she's done for us and making
1: yeah, foo fufu <laughs>
0: for us but it's that's the big thing that I wanted to highlight through all of this is that prior to coming here I had a very different perception of Africa Yeah, a lot of it had to do based on the movies and the things that I've seen and having lived this and experienced it myself it's a completely different view that I have now yeah. it, it's it, starting from how friendly the people are yeah. starting from the energy that all the things around me carry yeah. th- there's that sense of friendliness and welcoming from the buildings and everything and and you could even tell from the gardens people really do put a lot of love into creating those and I I think there's something about it that's I'll probably never be able to put into words but in a way if you really think about what you've done and you really think about this whole invisible mug concept these are the aspects that are invisible to the rest of the world these were the aspects that were invisible to me. So Mm -hmm. until I chose to come here and be in situations and I was sharing with you earlier, were there times where I felt uncomfortable? Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's not the biggest challenge, but it was a big challenge to step into a a place where I was the only person of this color, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not only within a one to two mile radius, within a hundred mile radius, probably. Right? Yeah. So, but I realized even in that moment, I still had a choice. I, I had a choice. I could look at all these things as barriers, as things to prevent me from connecting with other people, yeah. or I could go the other way. I could start greeting everyone. I could start saying, hello, yeah. good morning, yeah. all these things. Yeah. And then through your help and the things that you told me that, Hey, people like it when you greet them, you greet them it yeah. makes a big difference yeah. because now I feel like I've really put myself into this culture, yeah. writing the tro Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. It's a great experience. The you know? The stories
0: <laughs> that people formulate around that, and for those that are not aware of it, mm-hmm. tell what is a tro How did a Trocho even become about? What
1: So a trot- why did someone
0: create that?
1: Yeah, so a Trotro is um is like doing is a van, okay, yeah. for transport. But in the name Trocho is like transit when you're using the airplane. You don't go straight to where you're going. You, you, you make some stops in different countries before you get to your, your destination. Yeah. It's similar to that. With Trotro, you can, you can, it is very cheap. It's the cheapest, one of the cheapest form of transportation here. But then you're going to have so many stops on the way before you get to your destinations. So, Trotro means like, let's say, slowly. Slowly, but you're going to get there. But Mm -hmm. slowly, just like transit, we stop here, we pick up some people, we go, we stop, we pick some people, we go, we stop. uh, It's very cheap. So mostly people have this perception that when you take a trolley, it means you're broke. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes when we are taking it, people just look like you. And I know what you're thinking. (laughs) You're thinking that, okay, this man, this guy came to Ghana and then he spent all his money. (laughs) So he can't afford a Uber. He kinda for a private car, so he's taking the trotro. Some other things, like other people also think that you are trying to explore the culture mm-hmm. and just have fun. Yes. So that's all about the Tro yeah.
0: yeah. And it's so funny when the Uber driver told me the same thing. I mm-hmm. never heard about these two different perspectives okay. that people have when I walk right. into a Trocho. like how some people will view it. But I also learned after a while, at least for me, and I don't know if it's true for you, I just stopped caring. And not not stop caring, I still think I care to a degree what people think, but I don't give it as much weight as I used to. I don't allow those perspectives dictate the rest of my life or what I can and can't do. Mm. Trotros is the same exact way. Being in a different culture like this, mm-hmm. like I was mentioned to you earlier, I could, could have easily shut down Yeah, and it would have been like this is too much change. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't open up. I can't talk to other people and there are some people who don't speak English well. So the barber is one of the perfect mm-hmm. examples mm-hmm. right yeah i went in i showed them the pictures i had you as as a person to translate in between and still get a different result yeah but that's i think that's just part of the journey like just learning these and things experience yeah so i really find this fascinating how you you really gave me a chance to experience many invisible aspects yeah of ghana that i don't think i would have been able to experience if i didn't stay here and if you didn't introduce me to people whether it's your family or your friends and many others along the way yeah
1: so you spread the message of course when you go back because some i i believe most people are also still thinking the way you used to think about africa so probably you you could be able to change that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. well it's the same exact thing when we met that one uh one person by your mom's house mm-hmm.
1: it's yeah the exact
0: thing that people think about white people yeah exactly some people mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. and I realize it's like in those change in those things, the best thing I can do is just be the change. Yeah. I don't have to take the, a lot of these things personally, mm-hmm. or have a sense of responsibility when I wasn't even there to begin with. right so It's like all I Right. <laughs> yeah. So, as we wrap all this up, tell me a little bit more about the Invisible Mug. Where is it going? How can people help? And then outside of that. How can people help to make some of these other things happen? I know you mentioned you started the campaign. Yeah. Is it still active? Can people still contribute? What are ways that people can get involved to get some of these things up, up the ground, like the laptop and all these things? Okay. On?
1: So then um, the invisible mug is a black mug that I can put pictures, yeah. messages, anything you, you wish to put on, on it. You see it as black? Until you pour hot water in it, then yeah. it reveals the hidden aspect of it. And then you see it visible. Yeah. Right. So, based on my story, reason why I've, this is an invisible mug is because um, I had a tough time, as I said earlier, in the forest. And I, it taught me that I had something special within me that could come out mm-hmm. for people to see. And everybody has that. Mm-hmm. people everybody has something special within them that needs to come out for other people to see and this is what i'm preaching through the marks when you buy them you've not just bought a mug, but you've bought something motivational that is going to tell you that there's something inside of you which is hidden people don't see it and then you need to bring it up to the light for everybody to see it mm-hmm. so this is in the form of you can you, you you may see it to be just a mark, yeah. But it's not only just a mark. It should tell you something that there's something within you that needs to come out. So that is all about the invisible mark. And now, um, I I want support. Like I broke my laptop. Mm-hmm. I need a laptop to do the designs and all that, and I need a print a submission printer mm-hmm. to enhance the business and then make it quite easier for me. So the Indigo campaign is, is ended. So I don't know how to start a new one to raise funds for this because I need I need support and also need people, business owners, schools, universities that I can sell these marks to. And then, yeah, that's, that's basically what I need now. How do people contact you for these marks? On LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, my handle is William Plunge. Um, Facebook, same. Instagram, Some to do contact me on WhatsApp Mm -hmm. and then some referrals from people. Yeah.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can get all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you
1: next time.